I watched as the Prime Minister of Israel stood and addressed the UN the other day and tears filled my eyes as he began to explain what had taken place during the Holocaust. Folks, you have to understand, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, that if we do not bless Israel, we will be cursed. This will be a church that declares the blessing of Israel. What you have to understand, though, as I'm watching is the allies are coming together to eventually pit themselves against Israel. It's even happening in America, believe it or not. We were, the na- we were the ones that voted for Israel to become a nation in 1948. We've stood with them from that time on because we understood God's word. But I don't see that happening right now. And I want to tell you that you should pray for the peace of Jerusalem every day. But what you have to understand is I move into this word. This is the fourth message in what we t- teach today called apologetics. The word apologetics means the defending of the faith. Looking at Romans uh, chapter 12, I want to read this to you. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is a heavy message. This is a heavy series. I wrap it up today. We go 30 days to live. That's just a little more heavier. And so uh, uh, we're going to be walking through this. But we live in a time in America right now where this is the theme right now. That everyone simply coexists. That all religions, you heard Oprah say it, that there's thousands of ways to Jesus. Can I tell you? No, there isn't. There is but one way. And what you have to understand is, though, but they're screaming out all the different religions, whether it's Islam, Buddhism, science and Judaism, uh, paganism, Wiccan. But it all ends up at the cross because every knee, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 14, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Give God a praise offering. Amen. But I'm going to go very deep and I'm going to go very fast. And I'm not going to be able to hit all of the, the statutes of each religion that I want to hit. But I'm, I really don't want us to be ignorant of the things that are going on out there. When you hear Oprah say those things, a lot of people got pretty stirred up about the old hymn when they were singing about President Obama. Whether it's nationalism, whether it's just bringing honor to our president during Black History Month, I don't know. But I'm telling you there are things that are happening that we need to be watching as a nation. We need to be very careful. And what you have to realize is what I've learned about Islam, Mormonism, and Hinduism, and the Jehovah Witnesses, every one of these religions... Are racked full of racism and sexism. And I'm going to show you the difference in what it means to be a Christian. Because when you walk out these doors, you better know. Because I'm sitting on a plane a few weeks ago. And a Mormon lady tried to convince me why I need to be a Mormon. And it was on that plane that God began to speak to me. He said, Pat, if you had trouble sitting there trying to defend your faith, what about the church? And I got a little embarrassed. Because it was coated with sweetness. It was a very precious sweet lady. But what you have to realize is, I want to go somewhere today. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll change, be changed from the inside out. Uh, readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Apologetics. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops a well-formed maturity in you. Look what it says over in Hebrews chapter 1. The Bible promises me that I will hear what I need to hear through his son, Jesus Christ. Not through the media, not through books, not through radio. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. You know, Isaiah. We know that he spoke through Hosea. We know he spoke through all the prophets. At many times, in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. Everybody say Jesus. The name above all names. Whom he appointed... 
heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. If you don't read God's word, you're not being sustained. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of, the, uh, of majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited and is, is superior to theirs. It means he's above everything on earth and in heaven. You're with me so far, right? I, I know that, it, that, that we're all on a journey right now. Do you know what the Bible says that gives us warning about the things I'm about to speak about? The Bible even says in Revelation chapter 22, verse 18 and 19, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophet prophecy of this book if anyone adds anything to them god will add to him the plagues described in this book if anyone tries to take away from god's word the book of prophecy god will take away from him his share in the tree of life and the holy city which are described in this book it gets pretty clear right there at the very end basically john on the isle of patmos god says oh by the way one last thing tell them to not touch my word Tell them to not add books to it. Tell them to not try to change it for their own benefit. Tell them if they do, they're going to be cursed. So I want you to write this down, number one. And I'm sharing a message called the only way. Number one, write this down. The way of the cross. What do you mean? Let's just lay it out very clearly right up front. John chapter 1 verse 23 says this. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet. I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way. Everybody say way. For the Lord. What did Jesus say in John chapter 14 verse 6? He said, I am the, what? Way, the truth, and the life. I looked up the word way in the Greek and the word there is hodos. I, I speak in Alaska at a church and their, their teen ministry, Jamie Kowalski came from there. Their ministry is called hodos church. I never knew what hodos meant. I thought it was an Eskimo word. I didn't know or Native American word. But then I find out when I'm studying this, because it's so funny, I walked into our staff meeting and I said, Hodos means the way. And she said, exactly. I didn't know that. And so you've got to understand the way there, meaning journey. See, God even likes journey. I know, I just, I, bl- I didn't mean to. Here we go, let's move on. But it, we're on a journey. It's a process. You're not supposed to be, if you've already arrived, we need to figure out a way to transform you to heaven. So if you've walked through some things and you've messed up pretty good this week and screwed up pretty good this week, let me understand something. Or let me help you understand something. Welcome to the way. It's a process. In fact, we know that early Christianity, the first form of Christianity, after Jesus died on the cross, after they had the upper room experience, after the apostles and disciples, and they all came together and they began to form the nucleus called the church, the called out ones, the ecclesia, or ecclesia, we know that their original term for the church was called the way. I'll prove it to you. Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. I mean, you know, this is Saul who'd later become Paul. Once you get knocked off your horse, God can do something in you now, I'm telling you. He went to the high priest. And I, I, would you please talk to me today a little bit? Can we just act like we, we're excited? <laughs> okay, watch. I got, man, you know how many times I got tore up with this? My, my teachers used to be able to do that. Now that is, you get put in jail for that. Anyway, let's move on. It's not important. My son tries to pop my hand all the time right there, and I think it won't because it got beat so much. Let's move on. Here we go. Did you ever have a teacher say, hold out your hand? Who, who went through that? How many, ever, how many ever had a teacher? Coaches were the worst. Bend over. And they'd light you up. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but it was wrong. Here, 
Although I'd love to be a coach and be able to do that today. Let's move on. If I, come on back, Pat. Here we go. Uh, murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters for the synagogues in Damascus. So that if he found any there who belonged to the hodos, the journey, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners into Jerusalem. Look what happens in Acts chapter 19. Paul now is a believer. Paul is now preaching. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively, apologetics, about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way. That hasn't changed today. We're still considered the group that is out of touch. Now we're considered right-wing extremists and your name may even end up, end up, end up on a terrorist watch list. And folks, I just say it like it is. I, you know I don't care. Because I don't want you to be ignorant of what's going on. But some of them became obstinate. They maligned the way. What do you mean? 1 Corinthians 14, 2. Follow the way. It hadn't changed. Of love eagerly. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. <laughs> You've got to understand. But now write this down. Is it the end of Christianity in America? What do you mean, Pastor? I told you about coexist. I told you this is a big deal right now. That they are trying to just basically say it's all the same. Folks, believe it or not, the oldest religion in the world is Hinduism. Which birthed Buddhism and birthed a lot of other things, including the complete New Age movement. What you have to understand is the whole concept of Hinduism is basically there's many paths. I'm going to hit that in just a minute. We saw this last week. Now, maybe, many of you may remember that uh, on, on September uh, the 12th, they had what was called the 9-12 movement, where roughly 1.5 million to 2 million people gathered in Washington, D.C. to declare they were tired of taxes, they were tired of all the stuff that's happening, the health care reform. And many of those people were just white-collar, blue-collar neighbors. There was not a single person arrested at this gathering in Washington, D.C. In fact, we have people in here that were at that gathering, and they were saying enough. It got zero media coverage Except for one channel But then at the same time This last weekend The Muslims After hearing President Obama Declare that we are no longer a Christian nation In June in Egypt They decided to have a gathering in Washington D.C. They called it Our time has come The the problem is They expected 50,000 They only had about 3,000 show up See I'm going to tell you that today there's an all-out attack on Christianity. I listened last night as one of those Muslim imams said this, everyone will bow in America to Allah. And he made, I watched it, he said it, and he said, and our goal is not to get you to bow, but your children will bow. Folks, there's an all-out onslaught attack against Christianity. Are you still with me? Have I, are you just excited? Are you just happy? Because I kind of killed that, didn't I? Let's move on. Because some of you are like, where's my gun? Not my kid. Watch. See, today, I, I, I will do what I can to show you the all-out attack. And, and, and there's coming a scream across the world for one re- world religion. There's screaming, peace, peace. There's a cry for peace, peace. The Bible says that will happen. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1 through 6. This is a prophecy for the end times. Now, brothers, about times and dates, we do not need to write you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night while people are saying, peace and safety. Destruction is going to come on them suddenly. Pastor, why are you so intense with these four messages? Folks, 
I just feel so strongly that we must be ready. Are you calling us to militancy? Should we pack up our guns and, and, and should we build a room in our house and do like the Mormons and have a, the end of the world room? No. It's good to have those closets for football because you have extra food down there. But what you have to understand is no. I'm so rude. Now watch. But we know the Bible says that the spirit of the Antichrist is already in this world. And one of his ultimate goals and accomplished will be to be worshipped as a deity. We know that the Bible says that. So what is he doing right now? In order to do this, he must continue to destroy the very foundation of Christianity. So that at one point, at one time in history, coming soon, everyone will go, well, there he is. There's the real way. First John chapter 4 tells us this is how you recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard in his coming and even now is already in the world. Paul said back then it was already in the world. We know that by his the scripture that they maligned the way. What do you mean? Basically, he will lead the world that we will we will all need to worship the same God. He will, of course, eventually declare himself and his false prophet is the God. We all know that. If you don't know it, go online and listen to the Revelation series that we did about a year ago. The Antichrist, he will get everyone to join the same church. Daniel 9 verse 27 says he will set up an abomination on the wing of the temple. Here uh, we will have Satan indwelled in the Antichrist. He will join forces with a false prophet. They will create an unholy trinity, Satan, Antichrist. Christ and false prophet and we look what it says in 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 4 he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or his worship so that he sets himself up in a God's temple proclaiming himself to be God are you still with me not America right not us folks there is such a philosophy right now the do as you wish religion I've taught it on for the last three weeks or so America is looking for prosperity driven, no conviction, do as you wish religions, whether it's the girls gone wild video, whether it's a report that came out this week that because of the impact of some of the comedy shows like Friends and some other stuff that that it's directly responded to the kids that the teenagers that watched those shows that made light of sex, light of promiscuity, light of living together. Those shows, 15 to 20 percent, it just came out this week, are more likely to have gotten pregnant. What are you talking about? Not America, right? President Obama said three times in a speech. Three different times. He made the statement. Somehow, somewhere along the way, faith stopped being used to bring us together and started being used to drive us apart. This is his quote. It got hijacked. Part of it's because of the so-called leaders of the Christian right who have been all too eager to exploit what divides us. Romans 16, verse 17. Pastor, are you preaching hate-mongering? Or... No, I, I love our president. I pray for our president. I think he's deceived. Romans 16, verse 17. Look what it says. I urge you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own appetites by smooth talk, flattery, they deceive the very minds of naive people. I've got to hurry. Are you still with me? President Obama wrote in an email to CBN News senior uh, national correspondent David Brody. He said, I think that the right might worry a bit more about the dangers of sectarianism. 
Whatever we once were, we're no longer just a Christian nation. We are a Jewish nation, a Muslim nation, a Buddhist nation, a Hindu nation, a nation of non-believers. We should acknowledge this, and it's proven. A report came out from USA Today this week that 15 to 20% of Americans do not choose to have any religion at all. Many of them have Catholic backgrounds. And then the report goes on to say within the next five years, it will get bigger and bigger and bigger. Eventually, it will be the largest block of American voters will be non-religious people. We're failing. What do you mean? In 1963, we took prayer out of school. After that, after that, a president was assassinated. We began to kill each other. Things began to happen. Within less than 10 years, they began to kill children through Roe versus Wade. We watched as violent crime rose a thousand percent in America. See, once you begin to move the power of Christ out, secular humanism has allowed for all other religions and curiosity to come in. Basically, try your own way, chase your own way, do your own thing. And the bloodline of the beast, Satan himself, is secular humanism. It's a worldview. It's constant, instant gratification. I'm going to feed my flesh. The sanctity of marriage has now been referred to a Ninth Circuit Court ruling that, that basically marriage does not apply to a man and woman. It applies to anybody you want to put it to. You Pretty soon we'll be able to marry our animals together. I'm being serious. If you think I'm being crude, I'm not. And again, what did I teach on two weeks ago? That we are to love people that are walking through things. We will be the church that says, come on in. We want to help you walk through this. We're going to wrap our arms around you. We're not going to say you're gross, you're weird. We're not going to have our little slurs and our little mean statements. We're not going to be that church. We will offer love first more than anything else we do. In fact, what you've got to understand is, how many of you have friends that are non-believers? Hand me those five things, Sean. I meant to do this during the offering. The Summit Church, we're believing for miracles right now with the building and with everything. So I said, Sean, I told Pastor Greg, I said, I'll raise your hand if you have a non-believer friend. Raise your hand right now. I want you to go to them this week and say, this is from the Summit Church. It's just a $20 gift card. Spend it anywhere you want to spend it. I want you to go to them and find someone that simply does not have, uh, uh, that does not believe the church is real and say, this is from our church. It's $20. What's it for? It doesn't matter what it's for. We're here to show you that love covers a multitude of sins. We're here to show you that we actually give back. Somebody raise your hand over here. You got it. You got it. Okay. If they got to be an unbeliever. Or, or say to you that they basically don't believe. And you tell them our church wants you to bless you. Why? Because we will be the place that doesn't throw out a bunch of rules of do's and don'ts. I'm going to keep the desk empty this service. Because I think the whole church is in class this morning. What do you mean? How many of you know Jesus is the defender of our faith? Do you understand that? Luke chapter 18. And will not our just God defend and protect and avenge his elect, his chosen ones? So we don't have to defend ourselves, but we do have to know what we believe. We do have to be able to declare that, but I don't have to pick up a gun and go to war and fight for this. We're not going to have holy wars. But I need you to understand it really is a holy war. It's a clash of two kingdoms. Who cried out to him day and night. He will defer them and delay help on their behalf. I tell you, he will defend and protect and avenge them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? That's what he says. Revelation 19, 11, it's the, the scripture. It says, I saw heaven standing open and before me was a, was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful. You should shout at this part. This is the end of all things. With justice, I'm going to be a part of this, by the way. I, I mean, you can just go ahead and put Pat's there. Hey. And uh, with justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on it uh, that, that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. Can I, hey, can I go ahead and... Can I go ahead and read read the next part that talks about me and you? 
This is the cool part. Look what it says on in Revelation 19, 14. The armies of heaven. <laughs> that's me. That's me. And hopefully it's somebody you give one of those cards to. Are you proselyting? You better stink and believe it. If you need to put a cuss word in front of that, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, sorry. You better believe it. I'm going after the lost. This house, the reason why we're buying this building, I'm not buying it. We're, we're not buying it for you. We're buying it for your lost friends, your lost hurt family. That's what this is about. So you've got to learn to defend your faith. Remember, I've been teaching it to you. We've been, we, it's in your little booklet today, if you've got it. Apologetics. In fact, bring that chart up. I don't know if you put it in there. But there's three levels of philosophy. Logic, reason, and prescription. How do you argue your faith? Then I added something this week. Apologetics to argue your faith. What does it say? Be my witness in Acts 1.8. Be sure to study your core beliefs. Know what you believe, please. Or they're gonna, you're gonna get jacked. A Christian has history, archaeology, and timelines on your side. We've got proof. Start your conversation with the why and always end with the how. <laughs> I love that right there. Realize that many times a revelation of God is needed for a person to change. Do you know that if you go over to the Middle East, the 1040 window, do you know that they will tell you, and I have a friend that I met that was a part of the Open Doors, and they go into nations where it's illegal to be a Christian, and they have a, a, an ichthus, the fish, with, with a razor blade, or uh, not a razor blade, but uh, razor wire running through it. And, and he told me, he said, Pat, I will tell you that 95% of all people that come to Christ that are Hindu or, or Muslim, they have had a personal visitation, a dream or a visitation. If you go to a pastor's conference, they will say, who witnessed to you? Did Christian television do it? To Nobody will raise their hand. And you say, how many of you had a dream and God came to you? They all raise their hands. God still visits. God still has epiphanies. Give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. So let's hurry because I've got about 15 minutes to explain to you four different religions. That's it. <laughs> I'm excited to pull this off. Now watch, because I'm going to talk to you about Christianity versus Islam and Mormonism and Hinduism and Jehovah Witnesses. I want to talk to you about this thing because I, I want you to begin to realize that, that we must get our focus on. What do you mean, Pastor? Because there's hundreds of different religions out there. 46 core religions. There's five, though, that I've got to hit. What do you mean? And I want to tell you again, all other religions, when I've studied them, they involve racism, perversion. Hindus believe the darker the skin, the more sin you have in your life. Mormonism will tell you that in 1978, they decided to allow uh, African Americans in their church. Turn that down just a hair. They decided to allow African Americans in their church because the prophet suddenly had a new vision. The Book of Mormon has been changed over 3,000 times. Remember what I told you, what it says in Revelation, not to add to it? What do you mean? Let's talk about Islam. Our last two presidents, our current president and the last president said that it's a good and peaceful religion. Oh my goodness, I need prayer covering this week, okay? Because <laughs> I'm going to get real. What do you mean? Let me prove it to you. Let me read from the Quran. By the way, they have two different books. The Quran, which is the most holy of scriptures. They believe that Muhammad in the, in the 600s went into a cave, had a visit, visitation from Gabriel. 
He became their prophet. It's amazing how every religion hijacks something from Christianity. I'm going to prove it to you. In fact, understand something as I teach on this this morning. The only reason why I want you to do this, and I will tell you that Muslims do come to Christ. We have missionaries in the Jordan right now that are leading them to Christ by simply loving them and having a relationship, sitting in coffee shops, ministering to them. Because every Muslim will tell you that when they come to Christ, they never felt love. It was all about works. All other religions besides Christianity is about works. Ours is about grace. And we hope you get a little work done while you're walking in that grace. See, what you have to understand is, Sirah chapter 9, this is out of the, out of the Quran. It says this. Do not then be in doubt to what these men, infidels, Christians and Jews worship. They worship nothing. But their fathers worship before them. But verily we shall pay them back. There's that peaceful religion. Sirach chapter 15. Again, those who disbelieve will wish they, that they had bowed to the will of the God of Islam. And by the way, Allah in Arabic means God. Never do we destroy a population that has not been cleared beforehand. Really? Folks, we're up against a satanic onslaught. Islam has five pillars. I'm going to go over those in just a moment. But the sixth one is jihad. War. Sirah 5, verse 51. This is out of the Quran. It says, Ye who believe, take not the Jews and Christians for your friends and protectors. God will not guide at people that is unjust. If you join them, you will be judged beside them. Jesus in your heart, that is. Those whose hearts their God is, is, is in is a disease. Islam has 1.2 billion adherents. Christianity has 1.9 billion. But now follow me, because Christianity is lumped together. It's Catholicism, Protestantism. They'll put Mormonism in there. So really that number is not correct. The other largest religion in the world is Hinduism, which is the oldest of all religions. Can I tell you that Islam, every year, in the Jordan alone, has 5,000 honor killings. What is that? If a woman is raped, she's then taken and killed. It's her fault. If a woman or a man becomes a Christian, it's an honor to kill them. This happens amongst their own. If a young lady loses her virginity, she's murdered. What you have to understand is, if rumors take place, they're murdered. If incest takes place against a child that is in an Islamic household, that child is murdered. Truth. That's truth. I'm going to give you truth today. Is that okay? Because I want you to understand is, and I want you to realize that, that we must get real in America. Let me point out some things to you. I'm going to just read them to you. Of Islam, Quran, and Muhammad. The Quran and Muhammad. The Quran, and by the way, the second book that they believe in is the Hadith, and that is the quotes of Muhammad. But the Quran and Muhammad. The Quran is the sacred book of Islam. It's broken up into 114 chapters called Surah, which cover the subject of ethics, history, law, and theology. It is highly revered by Muslims as the direct literal word of God. The Quran was delivered by the angel Gabriel, also known as the Holy Spirit, to Muhammad over a 23-year period after Muhammad's initial encounter with Gabriel in a cave when he was 40 years old. Jesus, this is what they believe, was just a great prophet, but not the son of God. Muhammad is Allah's greatest and last prophet, and his message supersedes all other prophets, including Jesus. The primary truth of Islam is found in the first pillar of Islam known as the Shahada. There is no true God except Allah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Islamic theology also teaches that angels were created from light. That jinn, that's where we get the word genie, by the way, the whole genie in the bottle thing was about angels. Islamic angels or demons. Watch. That jinn are another race of beings created from fire who are invisible yet all around us. That there is an eternal judgment to paradise for the good and hell for the bad. Islam believes the only complete way of life and the other opposing religions should be wiped out by the way of war. That is in their Bible. 
Islam believes it is the only complete way of life and other opposing religions should be wiped out. Uh, they have five pillars. What are they? Prayer, the pilgrimage. They have the call to prayer, which uh, 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 they, uh, the, 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 when, they, when they do the call to prayer, it's called Adhan. And their prayer time is called Selah. And, and so, but they have five pillars, prayer, pilgrimage, charity, fasting, confession of faith. The pilgrimage, of course, is going to Mecca to worship around a box of bones. What do you mean, Pastor? Now, follow me for a second. I'm just trying to teach you quickly today so that you're not left out. The sixth pillar of the Islamic faith, many believe, is to be, especially the Shiites and the Sunnis. And by the way, the Sunnis, the reason why they're divided in, after Muhammad die, died, there was a group of Muslims that believed that the direct lineage of uh, Muhammad should be carried on by someone in his family. Those are the Sunnis. The Shiites, on the other hand, the reason why they are a separate group and they're, they're a smaller group, they believe that, that it's by popular vote. And then they have what's called the Imam. The imam. Now they're waiting on the twelfth imam to come. The twelfth imam, we know that Ahmad Ahmadinejad, who is the leader of Iran right now, believes that it is his job to usher in the bringing of the twelfth imam. Basically, what we believe in the second coming, there's going to be a mom that's going to imam that's going to come. But first, there must be three years of all-out hell and destruction. That's why he wants to destroy the world with nuclear bombs because he believes it will usher in the 12th Imam. He wrote President Bush that letter telling him that. Are you still with me so far? Then there will be seven years of peace and everyone will bow down to Allah. Are you with me? What's their doctrine? There's only one God. His name is Allah by Muslims. Allah sees all things. It is present everywhere. Allah is the sole creator and sustainer of the universe. Allah is not a trinity, but is one. Allah is all-knowing, all-powerful. Allah created the heavens and the earth. Are you still with me? Can I move on to the next one? What do you mean? I just want to teach you today. This is all in a book we just gave you. You can study it better later. Mormonism, spreading throughout America. I talked to my friend last night that's a pastor in Salt Lake City. He just watched as an evangelical preacher stood up in the Mormon tabernacle, only the third one in history, and over 2,000 people gave their heart to Jesus Christ as he preached the gospel. <laughs> Happened last Friday night. But 72% of Americans believe that it's the same thing as Christianity. But the doctrines of the Mormon church are very weird. Now understand something, you've got to be in it a while to hear the deep ones. Because they don't give that kind of stuff away to everyone. And I told you already that, that African Americans weren't allowed in until 1978, and that's after the revolution of the 60s and the 70s when rights came to, to African Americans, and also they realized that, they, that there was finances involved. And what they do is, you need to understand that the Mormon book has been changed over 4,000 times. We need to understand that the present-day prophet for the Mormon church can go in any time and change anything he wants, and change regardless of what the last one said, the last prophet said, and that's what happened. Basically, uh, they, they changed things. Let me explain something. In, in 1889, when Salt Lake, or Utah, came into the nation, they said, we're going to let you come in as a state, but you must outlaw polygamy. So all of a sudden, the prophet of that day decided, okay, God just told me that we shouldn't have multiple wives anymore. I'm giving you truth today. Joseph Smith, who had a fifth grade education, they will tell you the reason why that book has changed is because he didn't know how to write. <laughs> At least Jesus was smart. Here we go. Their number one statement that they will say at all time, as man is, God once was, as God is, man may become. Lorenzo Snow, one of the prophets of their past. That is their statement. Let me go over some stuff with you. Salvation, one of the most, they believe it's one of the most fallacious doctrines originated by Satan and prop, propounded by man is that man is saved alone by grace. 
that belief in Jesus Christ alone is the way that is needed for salvation. They believe that it takes works to get to heaven. Baptism for the dead. By the way, if you ever go to that tabernacle, they have the largest genealogy uh, gathering in the world. The U.S. Census Bureau uses it. You can go and find anything about your family. You know why that is? Because you have the right, if you want, if you're a Mormon, if you've been sealed in the temple, to go and pray for your dead family members to take them from heaven one to heaven three. Or actually, excuse me, into heaven one, out of Sheol. See, what you got is it's jacked up stuff. The Book of Mormon. Book of Mormon is more correct than the Bible is what they believe. God, God used to be man on earth. On, uh, 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 excuse me, God used to be man on another planet. God originated on the planet Kolob. Do, 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 do. Watch. The Father has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's. God is in the form. They believe that the form of a man. Joseph Smith taught that. God himself was once as we are now in God and is an exalted man. And it sits enthroned in yonder heavens, yonder. And we've imagined that God was God from all eternity. I refute that idea and take away the veil so that you may see. They said God hasn't been God from the beginning. God the Father had a father. That's what they believe. God resides near a star called Kolob. God had sexual relationships with Mary, true sex, with Mary, to make the body of Jesus. They believed that Jesus and the devil were brothers. That at the beginning of early preexistence, the dawn of creation, they believed that Jesus and the devil came to God and presented their concept of man and mankind. God chose the older brother, Jesus. The devil got ticked. Okay? You, this is the biggest thing, you became a God. After you become a good Mormon, you have the potential of becoming a God yourself. Jesus and Satan are spirit brothers, and we're all born as siblings. Let me tell you something. You ever go to the backwoods of Idaho or, or the desert of Utah, and you see tons of teenage boys running around? What that tells you is most likely there's a compound somewhere nearby where uh, there's a mixture of, uh, you know, each man has its own wives because he wants to populate his future planet. The reason why you're going to see teenagers running around, it's where we get the term lost boys. It's because at 16 years old, the young men become threats to the older men in their compound. And they kick them out so that they don't get the future wives. All over Utah, there's young men runaways everywhere at 16 years old. It'll break your heart. Jesus and Satan are spirit brothers. Jesus' sacrifice was not able to cleanse us from all our sins. Murder and repeated adultery are exceptions. Are you still crazy stuff? And I got to wrap up. I'm about done. Jehovah Witness. There's no Trinity. The Holy Spirit is an active force. He's just a wind. God first created Michael the Archangel through whom he created all other things, including the universe, the earth, Adam and Eve, Jehovah Witnesses. They claim to be the only channel of God's truth. The soul ceases to exist after death. There's no hell of fire with the wicked or punished. Only 144,000 Jehovah Witnesses go to heaven. They believe they are part of that sealing. Folks, you need to understand what it says in Revelation chapter 7. That's talking about of the tribes of Israel, the Jews that will be taken and put aside that God will give a second chance to. The cross is a pagan symbol. They believe that Jesus died on a stake. God rules from the Pallades star system. They also refuse to vote, salute the flag, sing the star-spangled banner, or celebrate Christmas. They refuse to serve in the military. Satan was entrusted with the obligation and charge of the duty of overseeing the creation of earth. Are you still with me? By the way, this was started by an 18-year-old guy that lived in Pennsylvania in the late 1800s. What do you mean? Hinduism. Many of you have noticed Hindus, basically, they have a god named Brahma. The Hindus and 
uh, one of our uh, leaders in the church here is going to be going back to India for, for a year. Folks, this is a billion people roughly are Hindus. Hindus believe in one all-persuasive supreme being who is both imminent and transcendent, both creator and unmanifest reality. What do you mean? They believe in karma. That's the energy. That's the things that take place. Let me read some stuff to you very quickly. And I'm almost done here today. Are you still with me? Are we okay? They have over a thousand gods. One of the gods they have up. Basically, you choose your own God and you create your own God. There's many paths to heaven. They believe in what is called the, the Sanatana Dharma, which is the eternal law. Every village can be so poor, but they all have a Hindu God that is raised up. If you ever go through, especially in, in India, they bow down, they lay down, they'll walk on coals. They have to prove their way to him. Same thing as Buddhism and out of Buddhism came out of this. But what you have to understand is you have to ask them which God is their favorite. Some of them may choose who is called juggernaut, a God they created. Who is juggernaut? Do you have a picture of juggernaut? There's juggernaut. Doesn't that kind of look like Elmo? Exactly. They create a God for whatever they need. They have a fear of these gods. Now follow me for a second. In fact, understand something. They, they believe, basically, Hindus believe in one, all persuasive. Uh, it's all about self-achievement. It's basically karma. Hindus believe that the universe undergoes endless cycles of creation. Hindus believe in karma, the law of cause and effect. Hindus believe that the soul reincarnates. If you're born uh, very dark-skinned, then you've done something bad in a past life and you're just going to have to live out your life because they use the caste system and you're just going to be have to be a slave to somebody because you're a black person. And basically, it's all, it's all hedonism. It's all about self-pleasure. It's all about sex. It's all about that whole process. They put the dot on their eye, um, on their forehead. Many think that's a sign of them being married. It is not a sign of them being married. It's the all-seeing eye, all-encompassing eye. Stand with me across this house. Let me give you proof of my way. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16. We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Do you understand something? Let me tell you what we believe today. Unlike other religions, Christianity is rooted in history and evidence. Here's your logic. Go ahead and turn that music off if you would. Jesus of Nazareth was born in Bethlehem of Judea during the reign of Caesar Augustus and was put to death by Pontius Pilate, a first century Roman governor. Here's some of our logic. The testimony of his life, death and resurrection, is not only validated by credible eyewitnesses, but by credible extra biblical evidence as well. No other religion can legitimately claim this kind of support from history and evidence. Furthermore, of all the great religious leaders of the world, Buddha, Moses, Muhammad, only Jesus claimed to be God in human flesh. And this was not an empty boast. For through the historical, verifiable fact of resurrection, Christ vindicated his claim to deity. Other religions, such as Buddhism, Islam, claim miracles in support of their faith. However, unlike Christianity, such miracles last, lack historical validation. What do you mean? <laughs> Christianity is unique. And it is a coherent belief structure that is created for your everyday. It's not about what you can do. It's what he already did for you. He's not going to ask you to blow your children up because he already allowed his son to die for you. What do you mean, pastor? See, today, what do we believe? We believe, of course, that the Bible is uniquely inspired. You can't change it. 
Christians believe in one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is distinct from his creation, yet intimately involved in sustaining a redeemer. He lives inside of me. What do Christians believe? Christians believe that the world was created once by the divine will, was corrupted by sin, but there is a time of restoration coming. Christians believe that God's grace and favor rescued us lost sinners. Christians believe that it is appointed for human beings to die once after that face judgment. Christians believe that there are spirit beings inhabiting the universe, angels and demons, some good, some evil, but worship is due alone to God. Christians believe that God has given us a clear revelation of himself in Jesus and the sacred scriptures. He's empowered us by his, his spirit, prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors who are teachers. Christians believe that life is to be highly esteemed, but is subordinate in the service of biblical love and justice. Christians believe that Jesus is God incarnate. Am I making sense so far? <laughs> I've given you about 35 messages in one this morning. I'll, and I'll close with this. Catch a glimpse of his glory. Amen. Amen. Catch a glimpse of his glory. That if somehow, somehow, they can see him. We're not losing. I believe God is sending people into the Oval Office to minister to our president. I believe that God is not on the short end standing over here going, we're, you know, can't help him. Oh, come on. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Reminded of Isaiah, the sixth chapter. In the year that King Uzziah died, King Uzziah, if you ever study Second Chronicles 26, verse 15, it says that King Uzziah, who is Isaiah's cousin, was full of pride. In the year that pride died, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted. And the angels were soaring around. There's a big part I want to read to you. They covered their faces. They're flying and they're calling to one another, holy, holy. But I love this. The sound of their voices, the doorposts and the thresholds shook and the smoke. The temple was filled with God's glory. And the train of his robe. You know why it says that? Because any time any king conquers other nations. He walks up and removes their robe and they tie it to the back of his. Now God's temple is not the size of this building. Holy cow. It's a monster. It's bigger than any church in America. In fact, it's bigger than cities. But it says that he's conquered everything. And his robe just continually flows where he's conquered every other religion. See, victory is ours. Victory is ours. Revelation 19 says it best. It tells us in Revelation 19 verse 15. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with this to strike down the nations. He'll rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the wine presses of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty on his robe. King of kings. Lord of lords. Yes, Lord, you're worthy. The Bible tells me in Revelation 22, it's his last promise. Come to me, all who are thirsty. It's not about whether or not you did this or you did that. It's about do you want him? Why did I take time this morning to explain all this to you? Because God wants you to understand you can defend him because he's already defended you. God wants you to understand 
that when it comes down to it, His blood is powerful enough to cover everything. If there was a hand, I know my my hand's pretty horrible, but that he took and was nailed for them and for me. And what I want you to understand is today, don't live in fear. Jesus said, let tomorrow take care of itself. But stand up for what you believe. Today I wrap up apologetics with this. I've taught a lot over the last four weeks, some pretty deep stuff, five weeks actually. But I want you to know who you are. Would you shut your eyes across this room? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I've just showed you just a few of the farces that are taught. Just a few of the things. But it all comes back to the cross. And on that cross, He paid a price for all mankind. Just not us little Christians sitting in our building. But for every person. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And with your head bowed and your eyes closed as we're moving into intense times in our nation, we must know what we believe. The Bible says, For I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to complete that which I commit against, commit to him against that day. God says, Commit your life to me. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you say, Pastor, I've got sin in my life. I've walked away from God. I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior today. I am desperate to know him. If that is you. If you want to know Jesus, no one's looking around. I won't beg you. I will not plead with you. He already did that on the cross when he was looking and looked down from heaven and saw his son taking your sin. When Jesus paid the price, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, I've just taught you today. Raise your hand right now. Hands are going up. Yes, sir. Raise your hand. Come on. Thank you. Raise your hand. Would you pray this out loud with me, body of Christ, dear Jesus? Today I accept you as our Lord and Savior. I ask that you forgive me of all of my sin. I ask that you create in me a clean heart, a pure mind. My purpose begins today with you, Jesus. Would you change me? Would you do a work in me? I invite you to take over my life. Amen. Give God a praise offering. Would you do that? Come on. Here's the last thing. The last thing I must do today, the very last thing, is how many of you say, Pastor, there's some things going on in my life. And if he really does intervene, if he really does, Christianity is unique, is unique in that it is a coherent belief structure. Some Christian doctrines, unlike unlike. The claims of other religions, they are never irrational or contradictory. Christianity is an also unique in that it parallels and accounts for the very vast array of everyday encounters in life, the human mind. God says, I'm not just sitting up there. I'm not just telling you to go blow yourself up. I'm not sitting on a planet somewhere like many believe. I'm God, and I will enter into your life where you're at. Yes, God spoke to me and said, speak peace over the church today. There's people that are walking through pure hell. You're walking through fear and anxiety. Well, what, what, we, we going to lay hands on us and stuff? Hey, we're, if you come to more night. More night tonight is about getting lost in God, okay? That's what more nights are. It's all worship. But today, God spoke to me and said, there's people here 
that need him to touch their bodies and touch their minds. And it's going to take just a second or so. There's people in here that say, Pastor, I'm tired. I need God to do something in me right now. And God says he hears your cries. Would you shut your eyes one more time and we're going to close with this. How many of you can say, Karen, would you join me out for, around down front? How many of you can say, Pastor, I need God to refresh me right now. I enjoyed the teaching that you gave. But I need God to do a miracle in me. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? If you just raise your hand, raise it up high. Come stand right here right now. Come on. I want to minister to you. And everyone else, you're dismissed. We love you. But I want you to open those doors. If you need to go, you can go. But I want to take a minute and I want to love on some people for a few minutes today. Is that all right? And if you want to go, if you want to find an altar time, you can. But I pray blessings over you. Pray this out loud before we go. Jesus.